Uduwasha city, where the sun is a mirror and the moon a shadow. 800 years ago, the gates of death were broken by the Emperor Immortal. The five key bearers, however, had already unlocked them and walked right through. It is in Uduwasha city they dwell. Now, the ghost field breathes next to our reality, lit by the eternal flame of the well of Udu. It is a second skin, a place where thought and will struggle against gravity and light. In other places, the dead congregate in the ghost field, but in Uduwasha, the well city, the hell city, they fall straight into the flames. See its glittering districts, Chitichpur, where the rich plot to buy the horizon, Bundavest, where the refugees of two different nations flock, and Pasarhandu, the vertical maze of market and murder. And here is Udepat, where the ceaseless temple resides. Its inhabitants, a family, a snake, and a god. The temple has stood since before the gods of this world were forgotten. Watch as it turns the wheels of revolution. Welcome to Desperate Retune, an actual play podcast about people who take risks so they can survive against the odds. Well, hi. Uh, welcome back to Desperate Retune and our current campaign of Blades in the Dark called A Candle Ablaze, set in the city of Uduwasha. I'm Tree, or Saumitri, I'm your GM, and I will be running this game for you today. My name is Emma, I am playing Joan, a retired ghost fighter, and I use she, her pronouns. Hi, I'm Chloe. In real life, my name is Zohab, and I'm a he, him, and I'm playing Miras Chakraborty, the crew's leech, who is an engineer turned cult leader. I'm Prince, he, him, I play Vickers, a roof baller and Miras' wife. I'm Soap, I play Abbas, the religious scholar, and uh, pain in Miras' side. And um, yeah, my pronouns are he and him. Oh, I actually forgot my pronouns, which are all of them. Um, I really don't care. Hello, everyone. This is Prince with a recap of last week's episode. Last week, we saw some very exciting statistics as Miraz and Joan went about the districts of Uduasha to try and make a pie chart of people's opinions on the future of the temple. And during this, they ran into the head of the Chandler's Guild and ended up in a bit of a conflict because it turns out our snake deity ate one of their golems. And, well, now Miraz has become responsible for a Chandler's apprentice. Besides this, we also saw the roofball teams celebrate their victory and Vickers finally get some pointers on cooking. That is where we left off as the crew ponder their next move. Uh, so we have one downtime action from Joan and one from Miraz left, right? Yeah, three, three ones, unless someone wants to do more. Do you want to start? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, sh I should go indulge vice. <clears throat> so I'm going to just make that roll. And then we can fill in the details. Okay, I have I had five stress and I rolled a three, so I cleared three stress and I have two left. Okay, so my vice is the foundation. In fact, the 
Fozia Ansarek uh, also hangs out in Golampit. So it's entirely possible that after the scene, you can just go and see her. Yes, exactly. So the foundation is, let's just uh, give a little bit of backstory for the viewers, listeners, I mean. The foundation is a faction from Blades in the Dark, like from John Harper's original manual. And they're basically the Freemasons. That's basically what they're. Uh, there's very little about them. They're one of the factions that's kind of just, they've got a paragraph devoted to them, not like a full spread. But I like the idea of the foundation kind of like radiating outwards all over the empire. So here in Uduasha, the foundation also has a foothold. It is not a particularly big chapter house. I think the foundation here is what, a tier one gang, unless I'm mistaken. Yeah. So the foundation is basically like people like Miras. A lot of people who went to Dusval and probably like got into the foundation there and they kind of like brought it back over to Uduasha. There's a few people who kind of like got locally recruited who are interested in like, I don't know, the history of Uduasha, yes, but also the future, kind of like uh, advancing, advancing not like the cause of imperialism as such, but like, or at least that's not the motivation, right? The idea is to like develop Uduasha to kind of like, you know, safeguard civilization, build better machines and all that. Uh, all, of, all of this, of course, plays right into the imperial hand. Uh, so they're all like imperial sympathizers in some way or, the, or another, I think, most of them. Like mirrors. So yeah. Um and we haven't seen them on screen as such. So let's have a look. So they meet in there's a place in Golampit. It's called the Playful Turtle. Okay. So my idea had been that um so all this teamworks and so on that come pumping out of the Udu, the the big uh spirit well, the fire and all that, it kind of pumps the uh the industry in Golampit, like steam power. But what else is steam good for? It's good for, you know, hammams, it's good for saunas, it's good for baths and so on. So Golampit is also the luxury bathhouse bathhouse district, not just the industrial district. And the Playful Turtle is the city's oldest sauna, hammam, and restaurant that has only recently, and unpopularly, relaxed its Eruvians-only policy. The turtle has a long history as a place for Uduasha's learned to convene and discuss over a kebab and a massage. Currently popular among self-described cosmopolitan and forward-thinking types. So, the foundation are definitely self-described cosmopolitan and forward-thinking types. In fact, some of them may even be considering getting a tattoo in Iruvian, of course, in Hadrathi on the uh, forearm that says cosmopolitan uh, and forward-thinking. Um, uh-huh. Or a little turtle. A little turtle, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I'm meeting them. I'm meeting my vice purveyor, Fozzy Ansarik, who kind of heads the local chapter house. And I guess we're just having a normal meeting. Yeah. Um, I think Fozia is a, a very old woman. I think she must be in her uh, early 20s. Is that what we discussed? Um, her descriptors are beautiful, manic, depressive, callous. Yeah. I think you have caught her today in her, in one of her manic phases, um, mm-hmm. because she is currently working on a sketch of what appears to be. It's it's hard to make out at first until you, re- you realize that the perspective is uh, looking from like above Uduasha down, and you see that what she wants to do apparently 
is build some kind of structure that will unite all five of the great towers of Uduwasha that rise uh, into the sky and make it into one single overarching structure. How such a thing might work is uh, anybody's guess. But in fact, when you catch her, she is already done with the broad details and she appears to be working on some calculation for how strong this metal might need to be in order to theoretically succeed at this. She will look up and she will say, uh, ah, oh, what does she call you? Ah, Mimi, what are you doing? I'm wondering what you're doing. I thought, didn't they tell you not to make any more schematics drawing in the sauna? He says, uh, as he kind of like uh, inserts, what do you call the sticks that the kebabs go on? Skewers? Yes, skewers, the word, yes. As he takes a skewer of kebab, and then it kind of like puts it on the coals of the sauna and like hot meat juice kind of like sprays out and there and infuses the sauna room with the traditional kebab smell that everyone loves in the playful turtle. And he kind of like looks at the drawing, which is already like disintegrating before our eyes. Mm -hmm. And then he kind of shakes his head and says, I think you'd get so much more done if you didn't try to draw inside the sauna. Out of character, um, when we said combination sauna hammam and restaurant it's all in one i figured it had three different parts that's not the case right yeah it's definitely a thing in finland to grill sausages on the sauna colds i think i learn something new every day uh, <laughs> fantastic okay um now i can i'm sure there's a separate restaurant as well but you know what why wouldn't you do it all at the same time if you could you know i don't know okay across okay. is having soggy kebabs <laughs> um I think she looks at you and says, oh, you know, I get my best ideas in here. Uh, have, it's just the pressure. If you're not under pressure, if you're not feeling the heat and you can't do any work, that's, uh, it's always, that's always been the way. And, you know, like she doesn't appear to be paying any mind to the fact that it's disintegrating. She's already started on a new sheet. And Mi Mira's kind of like leans back. Uh, against the boards of the sauna and kind of gives an exhalation. The boards are made of petrified wood, by the way. Kind of leans back, gives an exhalation, says, oh, don't talk to me about pressure. Ugh, the, the things that have been happening. This this temple, this God's damn temple. Uh, I, I don't know why I came back. I, now we have to figure out how to make some changes and do do this and that, but like not too much and not too fast, one day at a time. And the snake, the snake wants us to make changes, and Uncle Abbas doesn't want us to make changes, and Megum Bushundara wants to build a shopping mall, and 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 I got Chandler's up my ass. I don't know what to do. I mean, Fazio, you've been around the temple. What do you think it needs? Do you think an escalator is a good idea? Escalator. Hmm. What kind of power do you think it would uh, it would run on? Like getting electroplasm in there would be very tricky, but an interesting challenge. Um, maybe you could have a couple of canisters uh, hidden away underneath and just refill them uh, maybe once every two hours. Not more than that, I don't think. What could work? We could get a giant hamster wheel for the snake. Oh, a giant a snake wheel. Now that's an idea. You could get, you could. People could pay to come see it. Maybe it could it could generate the power for the escalator. Now that's an idea. Yes, an idea that could probably get us all killed and sent back in time and killed again. And I've I've, I've heard of such such things that the snake does. Don't worry too. Much. Uh, What's this I hear about? Um, Andrakis 
Johnson being being drafted into this remodeling. I thought I thought we agreed if you needed noble help, I'm I'm absolutely here for you. Oh right, there's one of those on the. Honestly, I have no idea what happened. I wasn't even there. I was being threatened at knife point by my sister-in-law. But now that you mention it, Fazio, you know what? I think you should be on that committee. I can't think of anyone better than you to be on that committee with us. Oh, thanks. I can't either. All right. Uh, the committee is meet- meeting at... He kind of like gazes up in the sky trying to remember when the committee is supposed to meet. And then he realizes that as the priest of the temple of the Cis- of, of the ceaseless temple, he can decide when the committee is supposed to meet. And then he says, the committee is meeting on Thursday. Mm, Thursday, Thursday. I'll have to move some stuff around, but uh, yeah, Thursday can work. Mm, will we be meeting in the temple? I can't think of anywhere better. We could meet in here. And then he kind of really looks around and says, I don't think I want to see some of them in just a towel. <sighs> fine, fine. So, in that case, uh, Thursday, temple... Um, send me the details, that's totally fine. And uh, tell me, what do you think about electroplasmic concrete as an idea? I think like she's just like moved on to the next thing, right? Like this, this is concrete, uh-huh. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, time to discuss what's very important. Yeah, so I don't think Miraz gets to properly relax as he wants to, which is why it's just a three. Ah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, okay. I think that was a good short yeah, scene. That was, that was fun. I liked being her. Um, and I think it was nice to see someone who like, like absolutely gets Midas in that way. It's just like, yep, you are absolutely right. I can't believe this is happening to you, by the way. Um, you know, like it was just very like, that was very uh, fun. At least someone loves me. <laughs> I mean, Vickers loves you. And also if you ever, if she ever thought that Fozia had any kind of designs on you, which she doesn't, Fozia would be very immediately dead. Yeah, there are no issues here. Yeah, very good. Well, good. Uh, yeah, that was my done uh, And how about Jun? So, I think uh, there is there is a moment where Miraz and Jun separate in God and Pith, uh, as Miraz goes to this interesting combination of, uh, of establishments, and Jun has every intention to go back home. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the temple, but we've established that there are a lot of these, a uh, lot of these golems around, like they're pointing at them at least. Golapit, they're a pretty common sight. Mm-hmm. And I think that Joan is extremely uncomfortable around them. Mm-hmm. Um, like we have to imagine that uh, there's just a lot of scenes in her head now of standing on top of the train and of these like kind of wailing spirits. Uh, and remnants of people uh, stuck in the railway lines, probably like electroplasmically convulsing and wailing and screaming. And she moved away from that to this city and then finds that there are creatures that are basically ghost chimeras walking around. So against all better judgment, I think we see how she starts to follow one or maybe multiple tries to observe them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to establish a clock. It's a very vague clock, a long-term project. It's basically the, the status quo is that uh, Joan is very uncomfortable around these beings, but doesn't really know what to do with or about that. Mm-hmm. And once the clock fills, that will change. Okay. Yeah. And 
as you're following these golems around, uh, do you think there's any like specific kind of because like golems do all kinds of things. Um, some are industrial, mm -hmm. um, some very rich people can afford like personal ones. Um, some of them are more like public transport, right? Like the the government uses them to like just get things done, right? Like so, there's all manner of use for them. Is there any specific kind mm -hmm. that one is drawn to? I think it starts with uh, with public transport golem because that one is like they're public; they're the most easy to observe. Mm -hmm. But I think it's very possible that if some of these, some like noble golems pass by, that she will change there simply because it's more interesting uh, narratively. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and these golems are much more personalized, right? I think it's mm -hmm. not the case that any of these golems are mass produced in the industrial way that uh, we're imagining, but certainly the golems that a noble might buy or have commissioned are very specific to their particular needs, right? I think that let's introduce like a fun person, even if we only see them for a second. So let's say that in fact, you happen to run into, not run into, but you observe at a distance the um, head of house Anixis. Oh, yeah, this makes perfect sense, actually. This is Arasu Anixis, uh, who is more than, like, probably older than Mohamed. He seems to be, like, 110 years old. Very rarely seen in public without the golem that accompanies him, which is of a height with him uh, and basically kind of acts as a combination butler um, mobility aid, and I think like can you, you suspect that it also records in some fashion everything that happens around him. So probably also a spy. He's just out for mm -hmm. he's probably going to a different sauna, and you see him uh, walking out, and he's very normally this kind of noble would be guarded by bodyguards or something of the sort. In this case, it's just this old man. And the golem that uh, is walking around with him. Interesting. So I think the the role here, the the point of the downtime project, is that, like I guess one of the first questions that comes up in in her mind that she's she's working with, as she's watching these uh, beings, is how much of the ghostly horrors that she has seen uh, when a ghost is released. How much of that remains when these, when they're processed? I guess like mm -hmm. this, and it will be in a tune role uh, specifically because it has the tag of uh, understanding spectrology. Rarely yeah. used tag. Uh, one of the things that I want to understand as you roll this is uh, for people who are familiar with the base setting, which is Duskwall. Uh, when you attune in Duskwall, right, like there's always some fucked up shit going on in, on in the ghost field because of the way that Duskwall works. But we know that in Uduwasha, the ever-burning flame kind of, because it burns all the ghosts away, leaves the ghost field very tranquil. Right? And it's therefore a very different environment. I'm curious, as you attune to this, what does this look like uh, to Joan? Like, how does she change the way that she normally acts um, in order to uh, make this work in Uduwasha. May I ask another question that might complicate that? Mm -hmm. 
So here, um, no ghosts, right? Uh, or barely any, maybe just a few glimmers in the distance. But so many demons and gods and so on, like, right? Like, uh, absolutely. The paranormal hasn't vanished. So is that is that what attuning here then is? Like, maybe it's still dangerous, right? I think it's probably like the same reality. It's just filled with different influences here. It may not even be appropriate to call it the ghost. Yeah. I think to some extent, there are some very powerful demons who exert a very an, an all encompassing influence. And so it is not, I think part of the reason that like it, it, that it is quote unquote tranquil is that people know that any ripple will be noticed by someone beyond them in power or it might be noticed by them not it will be so that's something to kind of like think about and keep in mind so i think um adding to that i think to uh to uh, an, an unbiased observer the ghost field might in in contrast appear tranquil but i think the joan it never does yes. uh, because because opening herself to the ghost field has so many connotations from her past mm -hmm. And she's always expecting something bad to happen. So it's always kind of a dreaded moment. And she still always kind of tenses up and afterwards probably feels like something bad did happen or must have happened, even if it, even if it didn't. Sense? So, yeah, you can roll your attune, which is two dice. Mm -hmm. I will. Like, of course, classic devil's bargain here is that this poem specifically. Uh, is recording everything around you, and um, it uh -huh. might notice you trying to understand it. I'll definitely take that. Excellent. Very good. Two, two dice, or uh, three dice, because one bonus mm -hmm. die. Devil's bargain taken, and the road is a I, six. I think on a six, you tell me, um, what does it seem like? Hmm. I think she expected to see basically just a clump of ghosts, mm -hmm. right? Or to feel a clump of ghosts. Mm -hmm. But it, basically a clump of ghosts in a shell that allows them to not be burned away. Mm -hmm. But still in their like, kind of constant uh, whirlwind of rage and grief that she uh, finds so difficult to see, to look at. But I think the thing that touches her the most is that though she's not exactly sure what this is yet, it's not the kind of ghost she recognizes in any way. Yeah. I think that like one of the most obvious ways that you this is made clear to you is that if you in a different part of the world attuned in this way to a ghostly being and it noticed you, it would come for you. That is the experience that you've always had, right? That if you if you poke something like this, it won't poke you back. It will try and eat you. Whereas in this case, right. I think I think you do know that like it has noticed you. And instead, this golem, which I'm kind of imagining as um, humanoid in that it's got two arms, two legs, and a torso, but its head is not a human head. Rather, it is, um, it is the head of the mascot of House Anixis, which is... Thanks. Anixis is personified by a snake. Oh, excellent. So cool. So good. Very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. This snake head, uh, like a hooded cobra, nearly turns to one side uh, 
seems to uh, utter something to uh, Lord Anixis, and they they begin to move away from you very quickly. Like you can see that like also is being told that like you're being observed or I'm being observed in some way, and they immediately like make a beeline. They want to get away from you. It's not like one poked me time like you know it's murder and grief time it, like it is a much more rational and calm response uh, which is very odd all right and i think kind of taken aback for a moment she and for a minute probably actually she just stands there uh, and then shakes herself and returns home we should probably like uh make make this into a clock I don't know how to how many uh, things to give. I guess it's it's about how many how big you think this change will be, but I think six, six mm-hmm. seems reasonable, right? Like six is good for now. Mm-hmm. Just to note both to the players and the audience that the backstory of House Anixis, which is the house of like creepy spies and deception and so on, is that nobody's really sure. Whether Arasu, who is the lord of Anixis, is really him, whether it is all some kind of like huge ploy, that's why he's lived so long, it's really not clear. And perhaps this golem is also part of that. Perhaps it's just that it's a really badass golem and, you know. Interesting. I have a question if I can take, uh, if we're done with Uh, downtime. We are done with downtime, yeah. Yeah, I have a scene in mind, if no one else does. And it involves, I think, Abbas as well. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Because I am going to go see one of my contacts about this dealing with the Hive project. And I think Abbas makes sense to bring. So let me introduce my contact here. There is a gang. They live in Pasarhantu, or that's where their their base is. They're called the Bone Shakers. They are gamblers. They run various rings of gambling and loan sharking. They specialize in lending people money that they then lose on various vices and then being shaken down for it, hence the bone shakers. Also because, you know, rolling dice is a... uh, Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And they are currently led by a man named Imran Pasha, who is described as conservative, jovial, and rural. And Imran Pasha comes from the desert tribes around Uduasha. He is not a native to the city. Many of them are from a field, rural or foreigners or whatnot. And uh, the reason he's my contact is that uh, he bet on my team. And he has just won big in our last match where he, where the odds were probably very good. Um, And so I'm going to see this man about dealing with the hive problem because he is a a gentleman who might be able to do something about that. And I think it makes sense to bring Abbas because, you know, Abbas is... Maybe he doesn't know this man personally, but he's certainly well tied into... Like, he knows things about the the rural peoples, probably. I'm thinking, anyway. I think the uh, the Bone Shakers own a casino, or is it more interesting for them to be based somewhere else? I think that they uh, don't own a casino, but they uh, operate next to a casino that they basically run. Their official kind of office yeah. is, in fact, a uh, in Pasarhantu... It is a place for people to buy like gear for their horses and camels and so on. Because the official mm-hmm. story is that Imran Pasha is just a humble trader in, you know, cavalry goods. 
Makes perfect sense. I think, by the way, I'm bringing some of my team. I'm coming there in my role as a roofball okay. captain. It just makes Absolutely. sense, you know, uh, in my role as an athlete. And so I will have like a cane, this like crazy uniform with wings mm. on it, uh, the hat, everything. And uh, yeah, some people with me and uh, also a bus. And uh, we will step into this shop to see. We probably arranged a meeting beforehand, but, you know, to see Pasha. Yeah, to clarify, he's a contact. He kind of likes me. He's not like my good friend or anything. He's my contact because I make him money. So that's as far as our relationship goes. But, you know, that's a good enough basis to start from. Uh, and like, it, it, not only will it get you in the door, the fact that like you are not the favorites to win and you won will get you, you know, some consideration as well, right? So as you, as you enter um, uh, Imran's, like one of, one of the uh, people manning like the front desk, uh, kind of like spots you and says, uh, ah, uh, Imran's waiting for you. Um, and just like kind of directs you to up from the outside, looks like a shabby back office, but when you go in, is actually like quite comfortable. It's like a bit lived in. And Imran is mm -hmm. smoking a hookah uh, along with his, um, along with his second in command, whose name is Candace. No, sorry, it's Calypso. Um, yeah. I think Calypso is, uh, she's not from Uduwasha either, right? No. Uh, mm, let's say she's actually Severosi. I think we haven't had many people, many Severosi yep. people. And like uh, this, again, like ties into the fact that Severosi are also well known for um, horse riding. Yeah, the bone shakers thing is they tend to recruit from like rural, naive people who don't know the city very well, but are like, you know, physically big and strong. So that's kind of the the vibe they usually attract. So I think she's uh, she's kind of sprawled over a couch, herself smoking something probably much stronger than the hookah that Imran is smoking. And as you enter, Imran says, ah, come, come, sit, sit, and offers you like a drag. Uh, he's got some like um, snacks out, right? Like uh, fried things of various stripe and color. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I think Vickers will refuse the uh, the smoke, but she will accept the snacks, uh, politely dodging this with, oh no, I must mind my health, you know, my doctor says I'm a terrible risk of getting a lung problem. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's good will. for the lungs, yeah. Okay, fine. Um, and I, I don't know if, I, I don't think he's ever met a boss before, right? No, I will introduce oh. him. So I I will turn towards him rather and say, oh, by the way, I brought along my... My husband's uncle. This is Abbas Shafi Aldin Chakraborty. Uh, yeah, uh, I will introduce Imran back to you. Yeah. What's the? What do you think is the proper, like, the polite way of uh, greeting someone? Like, it is a handshake. Uh, I don't know. I guess. Oh, that's a that's a good question. Um, I think it it might be different outside the city as well, which Abbas might yeah. know. So I think you can like probably impress on this guy or impress this guy. By you know greeting him in some traditional countryside way, which you might actually know. Does Abbas know their gang, their secret handshake? There is like a. It's not like when you meet someone very properly, and like for example in Telugu, uh, you might say namaskaram, which is like a okay, yeah, I get it. We're being formal. Um, more like a yo, right? which is like a way to suggest that like you know we can be casual with each other, but also I'm I'm I know. Uh, I'm familiar with what kind of person you are. Um, right, yeah. 
So maybe something like 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 what what I would uh, I would think of in Telugu basically translates to like uh, what's the situation, right? Like what's up? Yeah. Or what uh, Zohar and I say to each other, which is just absolutely right. Exactly <laughs> that. Yeah. When you say it, I think you see a smile on on Imran's face because it's not very often he gets to meet someone new uh, who responds like this, and he says, uh, "I said you'll definitely have some hookah, right?" Um, we ha- I have this delicious apple flavor. Give me one second. Um, just in from Severos, you know. Yeah, I think Abbas will uh, take him up on the offer. I think Abbas is a kind of person who'd be like, oh, like, oh, it's really bad for me. I shouldn't do it. But oh, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like Haddock saying, yeah, uh, just a thimbleful, just a thimbleful. Mm-hmm. Just a, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. oh, you know, it's just, just, just maybe, just maybe uh, one yeah. half. Why not? Yeah. yeah. I think there would be some amount of small talk. Like, I think Vickers mm. is polite enough not to go straight to, like, business. So, you know, yeah. there would be some conversation about, uh, like, the match. And Abbas says, you know, he used to play. And, oh, did you see he was in the match and did this amazing, like, triple agent uh, play? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll also warm to Abbas because uh, Abbas appears to have made him a lot of money as well. Uh-huh. And <laughs> then I will bring up, at some point... I will bring up, of course. Uh, I'll say like, oh, but you do know there was there was uh, a saboteur who infiltrated my team. I don't know if you caught that in all the hubbub. I don't know if you personally were in the audience, but one Mr. Morosim, are you familiar with him? Let's see whether he is. I'm just going to show two dice here. There is a chance he knows. There's a chance he doesn't. It's a four. Uh, I think he he heard about it after the fact, um, and I think he, so. He will say, I'd heard that someone inserted players into your team but it doesn't seem like it's done you any harm does it oh no no it was quite easy to deal with between my team myself and uncle abbas's assistants however it does seem like mr morrison and his employers are somewhat of a sore loser do you know they've they've actually uttered threats against our temple could you believe that sort of thing oh mm, terrible business uh Think they could carry them out? You know, sometimes people just say things. They'll, they'll say things like, yeah, we'll come after you, we'll murder you. But it turns out they're just going to go home and go to bed, you know, like... Uh... Oh, well, he, he works for this organization. Perhaps you've heard of them. The Hive? Ah, she says yeah. as she reaches yeah, for a I snack. I think, like, when you say the name, like, I mean, he may not know Morrison personally, but he knows the Hive, right? He says, um... <coughs> one second. <coughs> and then, like, takes, so, like... Takes a long drink of water and says, "The the the hive is sabotaging your roofball game." Well, evidently so. And more to the point, my friend, they've been lending my husband money. She says with with a look of like you know loaning people money and being a loan shark is like your turf. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I think like there's two reactions he's uh, he's he's having. The first is. I beg your pardon, if you needed money, you could have come to me. I didn't you. And secondly, mm-hmm. someone else is loaning money to you without telling me, right? Like, both of them are, are, are kind of... Yeah. Um, and he says, um, wait, I've heard about trying to muscle me out of the money business, aren't they? Oh, so one of these, um, these Hive people came around, you know, a couple of months ago. Wanted just to like, they, they said they would buy me out. 
they said they would uh, pay me a handsome sum of money and then i could just like hand over my business to them and then they could run it and i could just retire can you believe that retire me imran pasha abbas i think abbas just shaking his head is like now don't get me wrong like this is not you know i i'm not okay with this kind of thing but i'd rather have deal with a person like you than have you know where they where they where they're coming from they're trying to buy me out as well you know they're trying to buy out my temple it's like these akarosi they're everywhere you know they're, they're everywhere you know these akarosi i think uh, imran just looks at because like what like yeah <laughs> yeah Well, yeah. uh the, she will take s- some slight offense to it, but you know, it's clear from context what you mean, right? It's like yeah, yeah. acrosy businessmen yeah. and or criminals. It's also of, funnier of because we... the hive is from the Degorels. Uh, ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they're foreigners. <laughs> yeah. That much is. Which you know, not that the bone shakers are opposed to foreigners oh, as indeed. such, uh, but they're opposed to foreigners who have no class. Um I think yeah. Imran says um you know, I Look, they they made me this offer and I I rejected them and I figured that would be that you know like you make an offer I tell you to fuck off now if they want to commit some violence let me tell you and I think like when he says commit some violence immediately Calypso's like hmm yes is it is it <laughs> right yeah uh, and then like realizes no no this is just all theoretical right and mm-hmm. uh, he says well that's one thing right like we can just cut it out. this kind of underhanded you know like going around it just it doesn't sit well with me at all you know i think it's time we teach them it's time we teach them what uh iruvians really do when we put our minds to it i thought so as well uh, vickers as and leans forward and i think we can like yeah. zoom out here and have you know discuss with the group but i think what's happening here is that vickers abbas and imran We'll come up with a plan to stop the hive from fucking exactly. us over. Yeah. Right. We can discuss out of character precisely what the plan is, but we will see this montage of Imran, Abbas, and Vickers having this discussion in the smoky yeah. room. And, you know, like, like I think in the montage we see, you know, like more food being brought in. Um, you know, uh, some like heated words. Uh, and at the end of the day, like maybe you. Uh, Do you shake hands? Maybe you shake hands. I just like the idea of like all of you like shaking hands. Yes, okay, we are agreed now. Yeah, and so I have a couple of ideas for what this sort of plan could be, but I think uh, a sort of logical one is that we do some sort of score that only serves to distract the hive, while the bone shakers hit like the main target. That makes sense to me because they're the trained, you know, mm-hmm. professional criminals, and we are not. Uh, I, I would like to hear input from the whole crew here because it's just more fun when you come up with like what's our next yeah, score right. together. Mm-hmm. Because whatever you do, your sister's gonna turn up. So, um... yeah, obviously, since she's in league with the hive now, I don't think up. I can avoid it. But my basic idea is that we go confront Morrissey on like his turf, so we like barge in and just like take take him, you know, just chew him out, just like shout him down. and cause like basically a scene and then yeah. the hive comes for us you know and then they leave their backs open so that the bone shakers can rush in and then we like try to get the fuck out i don't think we try to defeat the hive thugs that come after us we're just like the score is just to draw them away basically and like remind trick them. me 
remind me like Morrison like when he lent uh, lent Mira's money he was acting on his own right like was yeah, he... he he kind of was but uh, he, we, we yeah. sort of omitted that part from yeah, yeah. So I wonder. I I know. I I wonder maybe if he, the higher ups in the hive might not be uh, so pleased with Morrison taking the initiative to do this, right? Because so I wonder if there's some way to cause some internal uh, disputes to weaken them. Oh, that's another interesting angle. Yeah, we could yeah. we could like do a more s- subtle score to like frame <laughs> Morrison. Yeah, yeah. For for their troubles. Like fr- maybe we frame Morosim as having sold them out to the Bone Shakers. I, I will flag uh-huh. that um, probably mm-hmm. the way that I've been thinking of what, of what Elizabeth has been doing is that she's actually thrown Morosim under the bus to some extent uh, as a way to like get in, right? Like she's basically gone up to his boss of yeah. by heart and got and gone. You know, this dude's incompetent. Uh, I had to come and save you, and like she's kind of made nice using that. So. Uh, uh-huh. I, I just just flagging that like naming more things on Morrisim, um is in one way like very convincing because they are primed to believe it, but in another way not very convincing because they have also punished him to some extent for, for those. Yeah. Well, maybe what we can do is we can so split among them on a higher level, right? Whoever like if we can go, okay, Morrisim's superior is also uh-huh. incompetent. Then we're moving our way up the chain. Then we have like two lieutenants of the leader. At odds Absolutely. with each other, right? I think this could be an interesting uh, potential score. And my sort of angle is, you know, if we succeed with this, then we, yeah, if we if we cause if we do like a frame job and cause internal divisions between them, then I guess we get rid of our wanted level. Um, it, and and hmm. it probably won't surprise you that uh, if you cause trouble for the hive, that the people who are at war with the hive um, are primed to take advantage of that. We 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 know yeah. like I mean the crew doesn't know this. We as players know that there's definitely at least two factions who would be very happy if you uh, interfered with the hive's operations. Yeah. So yeah, like Vickers Vickers's motivation is just to protect the temple here and like get them off our back. But having some sort of like skullduggery in which they start fighting internally, I think is a very f- interesting angle to take it in. And makes sense for our characters. Again, we're not outright hardened criminals yet, but I think we're capable of sowing. And some this confusion. is how it works, right? Like you you do the first thing, you find out it didn't go so badly, even though it basically mm. did. And you do the second thing and so yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about this. Uh, are you interested in this angle, Emma? The I certainly am, yeah. Frame job, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, like... Yeah, I think the problem that I'm having is that I don't find Morrison very interesting. Like, you yeah. know, he's just kind yeah. of like a... He's just, you know, kind of a butt of the joke kind of guy. So maybe yeah. we target his superior, then we make up a more interesting NPC who's in charge of Morrison, and that's our target. Th- yeah. yeah. Another I, thing I that think... I was thinking is that... Okay, so the hive are running like two. There's like two angles that are problematic for us with the hive, right? There's Morrison himself who has a grudge, but he's also kind of ineffectual, so it's not that big a deal. But this has also gotten Begum Bushandara to kind of like go after us, and of course we're going to be deal with Begum Bushandara in our own way. But Begum Bushandara is being empowered by hive money. I don't remember if we figured that out in character or not. I don't think so. Okay, because one thing that I think could be interesting is if we could somehow 
you know, get rid of the Morosim problem and also kind of like make reduce like the hives backing for Begum Bushandara so that we can deal with Begum Bushandara in the um, renovation committee. Yeah, I think uh, I think some sort of lieutenant makes perfect sense then. Like there's someone who both hired Morosim and who's paying off Bashundara and who is like, no, come on guys, this is a great plan. This is a great idea. Yes. And has convinced the hive that like, no, no, I, I'm very smart. And then we make that person look not very smart and have them fired. Yeah, we have an NPC, V mm -hmm. by her. It makes sense to me that this is the person because we've mentioned her a couple of times and Okay, I thought she was in charge of the whole organization here, but no. She's not in charge of the hive. Um, okay. Probably, she's like, she works for the right-hand person of the person in charge of the entire operation. Kind of how I'm envisioning it. Yeah, like, whom we don't know. Important enough to kind of be running a small-scale operation. Not so important that, like, if she died tomorrow, the hive itself would be in jeopardy. Yeah. Then I think... In order to keep the story rolling here, I think it's interesting if we do some research off screen and we find out that like she is the cause of our problems, and then we set up a plan to deal with. Maybe in fact Imran knows this. Maybe he's aware of like, oh yes, this rising oh, star yeah. among them who's been bribing. I, a bunch I, I of realized people. I, I thought this in my mind that I didn't say it out loud, which is the person who made him that offer in Pasar Hantu, um, which he was offended by, was V. Mm. V. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, then I think it makes sense that this is how we learn about V and be like, okay, she is the source of our troubles and she is the reason why the hive is coming after us. And if we deal with her, we won't have a problem anymore. Well, we'll have a lot of other problems, but we won't have a hive problem. So like one way that we could deal with both her, her support with Bashundara and also a discredit a little bit, or a lot perhaps, make her seem incompetent, I mean, is if these guys that you've been talking with steal a payment that was going to be given to Shindra and we don't have it. Oh, yeah. Break down the connection between Bashundra and V. Yeah, that makes sense. If there's like some big bribe coming in, you know, like I'm giving you, I don't know, the deed to a house or a racing horse or some big thing like that. <laughs> I think also narrative, it's a, it's a good way to connect us to yeah. Criminal schools without us being like, while, while we're still remaining kind of like civilians, just to not have. Yeah. Yeah. I like it because then we're not stealing. We're like preventing a bribe <laughs> that <laughs> is against the interests of the temple. It's definitely still going to get you in massive trouble with everybody. Oh, yeah. 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 But I like oh, sorry, this idea yeah. inter interfering in the bribery. That's a very cool angle. I have hmm. an idea for how we can start this. Let's kidnap Morosim. <laughs> uh huh. And pump him for information. Alright. Okay, is that a score or is that just like a thing we do to prepare for the score? <laughs> is kidnapping Morosim a score in and of itself? Like, it's not, you know, risk free. The risk here is that people will know he's been kidnapped. And if you go about it unwisely, that people will know he's been kidnapped by you. Right now, not even important enough for the two enforcers who are meant to be loyal to him to actually be, you know. Yeah. So we can probably kidnap him without the need for a score. We can pump him for information, and then we can use that to do the real, the real deal. And maybe we can convert him to our side. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. we can convert to Bloodstone. Another another thing I really like about stealing the bribe meant for Bashundara is that that kind of makes it a donation to the temple. If you squint, they're giving <laughs> they're giving money for the redevelopment of the temple. They're just doing Obviously. it via Bashundara, so we're just kind of skipping a step. Obviously, <laughs> that is how we launder it. Yes. Yeah. It's a donation. Okay. So obviously, the way to know how we need to con- kidnap Morrison. Well, we need to talk to Morrison, and mm-hmm. you know, if that turns into a kidnap, then that's just what happens, right? Mm-hmm. We need, we need, we need to know what he knows. Yep. So, uh, mini score to kidnap Morrison. Okay. So, Morrison at the moment actually is persona non grata in Pasarhantu, which is why he normally hangs out because that's where V Paihar's operation is. Mm-hmm. Uh, V's made it clear to him that he better stay out of her way until like her mood improves because uh, he's really done fucked up. Mm-hmm. So I think that he is in fact back. He's hanging around wherever he lives. I don't think he lives in Golampit and I don't think he lives in Udeput because he's he's not rich enough. Let's look at the map. Let's see where he might be living. Gilly gilly gully. Uh, mining district, maybe. Ash cluster. There's a lot of like low wealth maps. So yeah. low wealth districts. I think he's somewhere in Gili Gili Gali, which is the uh, the bread basket. And it's where most of Iruvia's um, food production comes from. Um, it's next to the river that spans Uduwasha, which is uh, Dilkusha. I think he is. No, he mostly spends his time um, bouncing around, you know, one watering hole to the next, just getting drunk, hang- like yelling at people, hanging out with his friends. It's very clear that like he doesn't at the moment have a job or an income. In in the hive, they don't put you on, you know, suspension with pay. What's our play? Do we approach him and try to talk to him first or do we just straight up kidnap him? I think uh, like in character, Abbas would be more in like, uh, like, not really supportive of a straight-up kidnap. No, so. no. Abbas can persuade him. You're, you yeah. you, just give him some good advice for the future yeah. and convert him to our side. Listen, we've been trying to talk to Morozim for a while. He's been an asshole about it, but, you know, let's just go up to him. Mm-hmm. What's he going to do? Shoot us? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I did try and stab him last time. Uh-huh. Uh, you speak to him, but yes, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of Abbas just lecturing to him, and that's our plan A. Like, he would yeah. surely listen to our yeah. great spiritual teacher's wise words. I'm with, I'm with Abbas. So, Very good. because you never the... know what this Morrison fellow is going to do next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you really don't. I think Morrison, uh, when you find him, is. Stumbling out, uh, not because he's been kicked out necessarily. I don't think this kind of place cares about the level of drunkenness he's at for sure. Um, but he's like drunk and he's stumbling out of, out of any number of hole in the wall, drinking and eating type places in Gili Gili Gali. It's very dark down here, right? Like that kind of big underground caverns. And wherever, like the street that you're on is not super, super well lit. He's trying to find his way home, but in order for him to do that, he would have to know where he is. So it's going to take him a bit. Um, mostly just like looking around, being like this way or that way or other way. It's not clear. So I nudge Abbas and I point at Morosim and I say, "Listen, I keep saying if they hire people like that, this hive, these hive people can't be all that." Uh, Miraz, you know I always say to you, 
Try to be patient. Try to observe before you act. Okay, that's. We'll talk to this man. You know, if he knows nothing, he knows nothing. But we see what we can learn. Maybe puts us in a better position. And I think uh, Buzz just uh, saunters up to him in a you know with a very concerned look on his face. You know, like and go uh, just goes up to Morrison is like, uh, uh, "Brother, are you feeling okay? You seem like uh, you're a bit lost." Uh, yeah, no, I, huh? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I just, just, just need to go home. It's fine. It's um. No, brother. It's just you seem like you're lost in life. Huh? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not lost. Like I, I just need to go home. It's just that way. I to motivation. No, I see so many young men like you in this town who are searching for their purpose, unable to find it. You know. I know who you are, and I know what you've been up to, Morrison. What do you mean? I know that you've been trying to maybe find your way in this world. You've lent money to my nephew, and you know this uh, all these underhanded schemes you're trying to do. Maybe there's a better way for you to find a purpose for yourself. You know? Wait, wait, wait! You're, you're, you're Rakesh's uncle. Rakesh? No, you fucking idiot! He's my yeah. uncle. I say behind him. Yeah, I think he spots you. He says, "You, you, you ruined my life." Or if you don't yeah. listen to him, and I wave this banner at his face. You remember this? <laughs> he's gonna back up because he does remember it, and he's a bit like, "Oh shit!" It's, cannot do anything with it here. There are no. It's not. This is not like. An industrial kind of place, but you know, uh, he doesn't know that. Mm -hmm. Please forgive my uh, nephew. He's a bit impulsive, as you can see. He's getting a bit excited, but why? Well, I just want... your nuts. Yeah, meet us, please. <laughs> um, you know, please meet us. What I say, I'm, I'm coming to you for not just uh, look. You know, I'm not coming to you as just uh, Miras's uncle here for retribution, anything like that. I just. You know, I, I came to talk to you and now I see you like this. You know, honestly, it does make me a little sad about the future of the city. And, you know, I just want, I just want you to know. Just leave me alone. Look, Morrison, I understand what you're going through. You know, right now it seems like you have no way forward. It seems like you're just falling down and down and down. But, brother, you know, we can always change your life. You know, if you live your life for other people, for your community, then you will find that all these problems that you're facing, they also go away. Oh, I, it's because of you I'm in this trouble. I, you kick me out of the hive and then, you know, I mean, won't even let me come home and now I don't even have any money and it's, it's all your fault. Uh, and I think, this is where you should probably roll to try and convince him that it is not, in fact, all your fault. All right. I will, I will, I will converse and then I'll roll. Like, uh, brother, it is always, it is easy to blame others and never to see the fault in yourself. You know, the biggest struggle. Morrison, there's plenty of fault in you. Miras, please, <laughs> please. Morrison, the biggest struggle in, the li in life is a struggle against yourself. You understand. Once you understand this, 
you will find that your life is improving. All right, let's roll. Listen to what he's saying. Morrison, you better, you better, if the sooner you listen to him, the sooner he stops talking. <laughs> <laughs> it worked for me. She says with like, Joan says with like, uh, like a kind of, a kind of sincerity that's, that's very uh, unfitting for the situation, perhaps. Mm -hmm. uh, ah, cool. Very different. And I'm going to assist. Uh -huh. All right. Okay. What are we, just risky standard and. Um, I mean, yeah, risky standard. All right, I've got an assist. I don't, I don't know if what Miraz is doing counts as an assist or an impediment. But Jones is one. It's good because yeah. uh, I think he's no, no, no. Uh, is doing the opposite Just a little joke. Mm -hmm. All right, let's <laughs> see. Miraz is giving you a mic. Oh, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, I think that... Sometimes drunk people really like understand what you're going for and like they cut straight to the heart of it. Right? <laughs> yeah. I think like Morasim in maybe like one of the one of the first times he has ever displayed both self-awareness and clarity says, if I'm <clears throat> if I'm to blame for this, then Miraz, Miraz, I didn't make him take that loan. He took that loan from me. What about my money? He can't blame me for that. I think like he, you can see him like tottering and being like, uh, oh, you're right. I, I do have to take responsibility. I have to, I have to own up. I'm not going to do it until he does it. Uh -huh. So he wants his money back. That's the consequence. He wants his money back, but he also wants Miraz to say the words, you're right and I'm wrong, which that's not how any of this works, but like to him, that's how it seemed, right? Like, he both wants the money and the validation. I'm resist this. <laughs> and the way I resist it is that I go, well, you gave it to me, and I kept it, and you were going to kidnap me and like beat me up and like kid kidnap the, the, the Skovlanders and so on. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, Morosim, the money is finders, keep keepers, na 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 <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That's your resistance, okay? <laughs> yes. Okay. To me, like um, a resolve roll. Wow, I mean, it'll. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it costs no stress at all. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, okay. I think. Must be really. Go on. Must be very very cathartic, actually. Mm -hmm. I, I can totally see why it doesn't cost any stress. Yeah, uh, I think if this doesn't resist the consequence fully, I uh, I want to uh, I want to help absorb the shock of the consequence here by actually spending a coin. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think Vickers is in the scene, by the way, because he's terrified of me. So I don't think I'm I mean, actually I can here. Ha I'm happy to like pass him on this one stash or something. Uh -huh. No, mm -hmm. I, I have a coin lying about, so uh, I will pay for it. But the angle here is not that I have I, I, we just give him a coin in this situation, mm -hmm. right? It's that he has to hide away from the hive. Like, he understands that they will come for his ass if he sides with us. So I'm giving him a coin in the sense that I think Vickers, meanwhile, while this is happening, has been setting up lodgings in some part of the city where he can be safe. And we have that that we can offer him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think the effect, by the way, of finders, keepers, na 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 is that you have broken this poor man's resolve. Okay. I think uh, Abbas can maybe sell this a little better uh, by saying, oh, no. Help you understand. 
Hmm? That's the. It, this is a good cop, bad cop, bad cop routine. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was the money, more of same. You know, uh, if I just give it back to you, how how would you learn a lesson? And uh, um, but I can't offer you money, but I can offer you maybe something even better. Okay, you come to the temple with us. Safe haven for you. Steady job. You know what could be better than that? He looks at you and says, "Paul." No, 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 that woman, Eliza, she was gonna, you can't take me back to the temple, Eliza's gonna, gonna, and like, I don't think he remembers what Eliza is going to, but that was definitely something that he's like, no, that's the reason I can't go back to the temple. Morrison, do you, do you remember my niece, Vickers? <laughs> that's Eliza's sister, I don't want to meet her, no, 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 no. I mean, Lizzie, Lizzie, ah, you know, she's just like all talk. She'll be fine. I don't think she even knows how to use that sword. Uh, say, whatever you're afraid of, Vickers can protect you from anything. You've seen her. Will you protect me? She won't, uh, she won't throw me off a roof like she did uh, Marion? No, 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 no. That's all in the past, Morosim. What I'm offering you is a way forward. Morosim, you'll be fine. Just come hang out in the temple. We'll give you a job, I guess. I mean, maybe on probation. We'll have to see if you earn your money. And listen, Lizzie, don't worry about it. When I when I married uh, when I married Vickers, she threatened to shoot me. Right? Do I look shot to you? Uh, I think like how healed are you from your injuries at the moment? Uh, very good question. Fully healed. Oh. Okay, so you don't seem shot or hurt or damaged at all. Okay, very good. Oh, remind me, Morosim has a has a burn on his face, right, from the steam. Uh, no, that wasn't Morosim. That was, no, was, uh, that was uh, yeah. That was someone else um, oh, who is now very good. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Now listen, you it'll be fine. Like Lizzie, she's like she just says these things. <laughs> Completely fine. Okay. Don't worry about it. Listen, you just come over, and uh, you know, Goopy and Bhaga. If you know where they are, tell them to come hang out too. They were cool. I like them. They abandoned me. <laughs> and he's well, good for them. You suck, but it's fine. And I'm going to pat him on the shoulder. Uh-huh. He's fully weeping because you have broken him and like he has no friends and he's just very sad. Uh-huh. Um, I think now he's going to come with you, but I think the role here is to see whether is noticed disappearing so it's more like it's like a no roll i i wanted to spend my coin to prevent that though that's why i spent Ooh, the coin to have him okay. to have him and uh, i i want to i want to just illustrate this that we're not keeping him at the temple right because that would be obvious rather i have spent the coin to give him safe haven and a steady job so it will just seem like he has you know he's been kicked out of the hive so he's just taken a regular old job somewhere, right? So we will see Morosim, like, weepy and tired. Be like, don't worry, you'll be safe here. And then he's led into a strange but rather spacious home full of occult sigils drawn on the wall and barrels full of burnt trash. And Hrothepir slapping on the back going, you'll be safe here. (laughs) (laughs) And he will be working as Hrothepir's assistant in his occult shop. This is very good. I'm gonna I'm gonna mark him down uh, on your crew uh, as a contact because I think now he is distinct of 
Yep. Everyone else. How useful he is as a contact, I don't know, but he's a contact now. Uh huh. Um, I hope it's fair to say that I can spend a coin to have him disappear surreptitiously like this, but it feels like, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Like, I think, like, um, basically, here, I'm going to say Morosim is now your close friend, but he's no longer a high fixer. I'm going to yeah. say Morosim. A broken <laughs> man. A broken chill of a man. Broken shell of a man. Very good. Yeah, he's very grateful to you now. Uh, you spent the money, you saved him. Some definition of saved. Yeah. So... And now I'm going to pump him for information. This yeah. largely involves like insulting him a lot. <laughs> so you may you may roll, and this is just your standard fortune roll, like as a, as a gather information, right? And this is more about what he knows. I think like he's going to tell you everything he knows. We'll find out how much he does know. Is study appropriate? Also, oh, probably more appropriate, no? I think study yeah. can be appropriate because it's about piecing things together. Morrison is pretty stupid, so I think study oh, can really? be like you're piecing together the snippets yep. he tells you into a coherent yeah, narrative. Yeah. Yeah, we need the yeah, paper trail. So I think study can work. I have now I know what you'll find out from study that you won't find out if you had rolled a more talky aspect and vice versa. Um, just fine. So does anyone want to help with this? Yeah, why not? I, I can okay. help with that. And I get one small good cup, bad cup, but this time in Grutapir's um, house. Yeah, I think yeah. it's going to be like, we listen to him, and then we come back, and then we have, uh, Abbas and I have a lot of, like, really loud off-screen arguments for that last four hours about what the information means. Yes, very good. See, I mean, unfortunately, it is Abbas that makes this the four, <laughs> three. Abbas, um, what, what annoying bit of snake advice do you give Miraz that pieces everything together? Annoying piece? Okay. Um... All right, what I don't know. What kind of like what disconnected information can Morrison give us? Like just I don't, just uh, to guess. I think okay, let's let's say that um, he's seen uh, Elizabeth, say Lizzie and V in meetings together. He's definitely heard that the Hive is very concerned about like kind of trouble it's going to be in very soon. And he definitely knows that Goopy and Baga were being um, being like taken away from him so they could help in some like unrelated violence. Right? Um, and probably from all of this, the, the, the player characters can piece together one way or another. The Hive is under huge pressure from like the competition and anyone they can like blame for that competition would be very useful because then they can just push that person out and then increase morale. Mm -hmm, okay. Uh, maybe not snake related, but I can say that Miraz. Okay. When the lizard is in trouble, okay, what does it do? It sheds its tail. So whatever's attacking it goes for the tail. Lizard makes clean getaway. Okay. <laughs> don't you understand? <laughs> yeah. Don't you understand? Don't you understand? Um... And next time I get in trouble, I take my pants off and run away, huh? I mean, it'll certainly work. <laughs> <laughs> I think it strikes you that um, every every time Morosim mentioned V, mentioned that V was looking like stressed, that uh, she seemed to be taking it out on like her subordinates, uh, which is why it's really unfair, you know, what he what she did to him. 
and that um, she'd probably be a very good target for this kind of thing because she's coordinating what seems to be all of the Hive's operations because a lot of the, a lot of the Hive's operations with regard to money and stuff uh, in Basar Hantu and its environs because the bigger brains are too busy planning the war. Yeah. So what we need to know most, I think, is what is the link between V and Bashundara? Like, what does the the bribe look like? Ah, uh, okay. So let's say that, like, he overheard something about... Oh, what does Bashundara want? I think it's actually, if I may, I think it's interesting if, like, we don't have that information on a four. At least from okay. this. Yeah, fair. But maybe we know about like a transfer being made. We don't necessarily yes, yes. know what it is, but like yes, there's exactly. a big deal being done between them at so and so date. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think let's say that um, let's say that you know that uh, V is in touch with a bunch of people that she wasn't in touch with before, right? Like she wasn't uh, in charge of all of the money, but now that's become her main responsibility because of the war. And that Boshundara is definitely one of the people whom she's now like in touch with personally, rather than being able to hand it off to somebody else or um, relying on someone else to do the work. And whatever the next big thing is, the reason that Gupi and Baga need to be taken away is that they're like V is like putting them on Boshundara detail. Okay. So our plan is to hang out with our with you know these cool guys, Goopy and Baga, remind them that you know we're all friends here. So you're saying Goopy and Baga are our point of entry? Yeah. This may not be our actual plan, I just made it up. And also to be clear, um Goopy and Baga are very solid and dependable in that they're like chairs. They're very solid and dependable, so long as the only thing that you do with them is that you sit on them. Gupi and Baga uh, can be relied on to do what they can do, which is stand around, look mean, and um, follow very basic and simple instructions. That's pretty much it. And I, that, that like is Gupi, yeah. what they're doing now. What they're I think, yeah, I like your point of entry of going to hang out with them on the day where they are supposed to be escorting this bribe. And then we'll see if we can like turn them to our side or if we have to fight them or what. But starting it as a social score, we just go like, hi, guys, what's up? Are you escorting anything important today? Makes sense. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Very good. Yeah. I think that, that can absolutely work. I will think about what the bribe is. Because I think it, it can be so many things. And so many things are so interesting here. Uh, so, yeah, I will think about it. What we could do is we could do engagement if we feel we're ready for it. Roll engagement yeah. and start the score next session. Sure, yeah. I think that sounds good. Yeah, so let's do the uh, engagement questions, which I will pull up because I always have to pull them up. Okay. Uh, we start with one die for sheer luck. Is this operation particularly bold or daring? I don't know if it's uh, particularly bold or daring. Um, no, I think I think it's bold or daring, but not particularly. Like it's yeah. it's a crazy plan, but the biggest threat seems to be Goopy and Baga themselves, who I'm sure are mm -hmm. a threat, but it's it's just two guys. Well, they probably have some backup, but you know, it's not like it's not like we're robbing a bank here. Oh yeah, absolutely. nice boys. We like yeah. them. They like you. Uh, before or they did before, you know. Um, 
rolled quite yeah. badly to make them your actual friends. But nonetheless, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Is this operation overly complex or contingent on many factors? No, it's contingent on two factors, Goopy and Baga. So I don't think you lose it either. Does the plan's detail expose the vulnerability of the target or hit them where they are weakest? Yes, I think so. We got Morisim. I think this is where a die from that comes in. And I think like you are intercepting the bribe at the weakest point in the transference, right? Like you're not doing it when uh, it's in full control under V, and it's you're not doing it when Boshundara gets it. You're doing it in the middle. Yeah. Um, the target strongest against this approach, or do they have particular defenses or special preparations? I think that in general they have defenses and preparations, but they don't have defenses and preparations against Kupi and Baga's friends are turning up to say hi. Seems to me that like defenses and preparations they have are against violence and and that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think you will lose the die here. So you're at two dice. Can any of your friends or contact provide provide aid or insight? In Modusim has, uh, but if already got that die for the detail. Yeah, we already got that die from elsewhere. So yeah, I think. So then... Well, I think actually. I think we should count a die from Pasha, Imran Pasha, mm-hmm. as well. Okay. Like, we coordinated with him. He gave us a bunch of insight on that this was going down to begin with. So, yeah, absolutely. And then we take uh, one away for Lizzie. Yes. And then we take one away for Lizzie. Yeah. Enemies' arrivals are interfering this operation. So, you're back to two dice. Are there any other elements that you want to consider? Well, ultimately, the hive is higher tier than you. You will lose a die for the hive being higher tier for you. Mm-hmm. So, you are at one die. You can roll this yeah. one die, and then we will know um, where. Not bad. I think I will do it since I came up with the plan. So, engagement one. <laughs> it's a one. I roll a one. Hmm. Very good. Excellent. That's, so, we will start um, in a desperate position. I will have some time to think about it, but I rather suspect that like uh, Lizzie will be right there when you turn up. Mm-hmm. Um, this just makes like the most perfect and straightforward sense, but maybe something else will go wrong. We'll see when we get there. Fantastic. So then do we want to do XP now? And so blows out our brief candle. I named the disciples of the ceaseless temple thus, with both their false names and true. Saumitri, called Tree as the GM. Zoheb, called Cloud as Miraz. Prince as Vickers, Emma as Joan, Adiath called Soap as Abbas. Blades in the Dark and the original inspiration for Udo Asha by John Harper and Evil Hat Productions. Iruvian Playbooks by John Stone Metzger. Jalandahar Intro Music by Kevin McLeod. Outro Music in Kiravani Ragam by Yusri Nivas. Follow us at Desperate Attune on Twitter or email us at desperateattune at gmail.com. Support us at ko slash desperateattune. <laughs>